Anyway, today my message is called Kill Him and Ascend. Somebody say, Kill Him and Ascend. Child, what a topic. Kill Him and Ascend. In every aspect of life, whether it is family, business, ministry, usually the space is crowded. Everybody say the space is crowded. Now we deal with crowded space. You go to GES, there's crowded space. You go to middle, um, you go to Ministry of Health, there's crowded space. You go among the contractors, there's crowded space. You come to ministry, to church, there's crowded space. You come to desert pastures, there is crowded space. Everywhere in the world, you will see crowded space. What, what I mean by crowded space is that you will look at the top there and you will see that the top is occupied already. And if the top is occupied and you also have got ambition and you want to go to the top, um, you realize that to go to the top, you will need to, some anointing, you will need some wisdom, you will need some knowledge, you will need some grace, and then you will need some patience because it will take you time to get to the top there. Many people don't have the patience. They don't have the skill, they don't have the gift, they don't have the anointing to get to the top. So what they do is that they resort to killing others in order to ascend. They look at the people that are on the top and they decide that if I want to go to the top, then I must kill the one who is at the top in order to go to the top. So you come to our families and everybody is trying to pull somebody down in order to ascend. You go into our departments, our companies, our churches, ministries, the kingdom of God, and it's the same who is the greatest in the kingdom of God. And if you want to be great, then look for somebody who is already great and pull him down. So our, our culture, our philosophy, the way we go about things in life is always, instead of building yourself up, you expend all your energy trying to pull somebody down in order to go up. So when I talk about um, pressure, when I talk about killing and ascend, I'm talking about that kind of pressure on an individual to sabotage, destroy, or kill somebody ahead of you in order to rise. So I want to go up, let me sabotage somebody. Let me destroy somebody. Let me kill somebody. And that is the, that, that is the, that is the method we've been using. Here is a young man in the Bible anointed by God to be the king of Israel. This young man is going to be king by Omis. Samuel has anointed him and said, God has anointed you. You are chosen. You are going to be a king. But after the anointing, there is a man on the throne already. And the man on that throne is called King Saul. Until Saul comes down, David cannot become the king. And if David is not the king, the Wahelians who are following David will never enter Hebron or the city of David. Now David is surrounded by these Wahala people. He is in the wilderness. He is in the cave of Adullam. And the Bible said that the people that were depressed, those that were distressed, those that were in debt, those that were discontented, people that were angry and grieved in so many ways. They were the people that resorted unto, unto David. 
Sometimes you have all these angry people, grief people in life who can come around you and put pressure on you. And the pressure they put on you is kill somebody and ascend. Because these are opportunistic individuals. These are parasitic beings that come around you and they know the only way they can get a future or the only way they can have a sense of relevance is to act as leeches in your life. So that they just pin themselves to you and use you as the vehicle to advance their course in life. So the Bible said it came to pass when Saul was returned from following the Philistines, and I'm talking about 1 Samuel chapter 24 and the verse number 1, that it was told him saying, Behold, David is in the wilderness of Anjadi. Anjadi. Oh, yeah. Verse number 2. Then Saul took 3,000 chosen men out of all Israel, and they went to seek David and his men upon the rocks of the wild goats. Verse number three, and they came to the sheep goats or the sheep pens by the way, and there was a cave, and Saul went into the cave to cover his feet, and David and his men remained in the sides of the cave. And the men of David said unto him, Behold, the day which the Lord saith unto thee, Behold, I will deliver your enemy into your hand that thou mayest do to him as it seemed as it shall seem good unto thee. Then David arose and cut off the skirt of Saul's robe privily. And it came to pass afterward that David's heart smote him because he had cut off Saul's skirt. Verse number six. And he said unto his men, the Lord forbid that I should do this thing unto my master, the Lord's anointed, to stretch forth my hand against him, seeing he is the Lord's anointed. Verse number seven. So David stayed his servants with these words and suffered them not to rise up against Saul, but Saul rose up out of the cave and went on his way. So we are talking about David surrounded by a lot of frustrated people. And this thing happens everywhere. Where they will not come to you with pressure. Kill the person who is on top of you and go up. Now, there is a case for murder. Everybody say a case for murder. Come on, shout it, case for murder. There is a case for murder. There is justification for murder. They are saying, kill this man and you are justified to kill him. Justification for murder. There's a case for murder. Number one, retaliation. What they are telling him is that, David, don't forget, this man has tormented you for years. This is the opportunity to retaliate. The verse number, 20, the verse number four says, he said, this is the day that God has been speaking about. Nail this man, kill him. This is the opportunity. Kill him. Have you forgotten everything he did against you? This is the man who has chased us and we are in the wilderness. Kill this man. You know what? Sometimes there will be a justifiable reason in quotes why you should kill your boss. You will remember that this is the man when your promotion came, he sat on it. This is the man who spoke negatively about you. This is the man who used you and didn't give you anything. This is the man who troubled your life. This is the man who did this. And this is the man who did this. Now watch this. 
David had every justifiable reason to kill King Saul. But he said, I cannot lift up my hand against the Lord's anointed. I cannot do this thing. He said, you know what? God forbid that I should do this. Justification for murder. Retaliation. I have the right to do what I'm doing. The man has offended me. And many times when you see people that are on the, on the mission to destroy somebody on top of them, you should hear their words. And the person did this. And the person did this. And the person did this. And the person. The, the reason you cannot attack the person is not because of what he did and what he didn't do. The reason you cannot attack the person is because the person is anointed. The person is anointed by God. So you are forbidden to do what you are doing. You are forbidden to destroy him. You are forbidden to kill him. You are forbidden to sabotage him. I'm talking about retaliation. Have you forgotten everything you did? Retaliation. The second thing we have here, justification for murder, is what I call entitlement. Everybody say entitlement. No, you say, they said, this is the day God has spoken about. One of the things that we are frustrated about in the kingdom of God today is the feeling of entitlement. God has anointed me. Now here is David God, listen, Samuel has anointed him with oil He said you are the chosen of the Lord This man has killed Goliath already He could have had a sense of entitlement to say You know what, because God called me I will kill this man and become the king Because this man is stopping me But he said, you know what, I will not touch the Lord's anointed Because if God is finished with Saul God knows how to remove Saul And if God wants to put you on the throne The same God who sent Samuel When you didn't know you were a king The same God who sent Samuel When you were keeping sheep The same God who sent Samuel When your own father had forgotten about you The same God who sent Samuel Who ignored Shammah and Eliab And saw you And though there was nothing like a king on you He said surely the Lord's anointed is before him If it is time for you to get to the throne That same God God will do it. You don't have to shoot down somebody, kill somebody in order to ascend. You don't have to kill the contractors in town in order to become the next contractor. You don't have to kill all the senior pastors who have operated in this city for long before you become a pastor. You don't have to mount the pulpit or go from house to house. Destroy all the senior pastors in the town in order to start your own church somewhere. I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus. May you not be an object of this de- deception. May God help you. You know what? I didn't come here today to play game. I told you, my own father told me to come and preach in prayer cathedral. And I told him, I said, Papa, I must go home today. And the reason I came home was not because of my wife, because she was with me. I came because of you. And I came because I'm carrying a message. I came because I must save you from some kind of distraction. I came because I must inject in you right now a word that will save you from distraction. And I pray in the name of Jesus, may you understand what the Spirit of God is saying. A feeling of entire 
entitlement. I'm anointed. God called me. God called me. You, you, I'm sure some of you have been in this church from 1987. You may never hear me talk about Pastor Elijah Adwa. How many of you ha- have never heard the name Elijah Adwa from my lips before? On this pulpit, you've never heard me mention that name. Lift up your hand. You've never. And that is because I don't mention the name. You are not likely to know that that was my pastor in the Baptist church before we started founding it. You are not likely to know what happened in that church and what didn't happen. The reason is because the man of God was an anointed man of God who gave me an opportunity to stand in his pulpit when I was just 24 years old and 23 years old. And it is not my job to take my tongue and talk against my pastor who was my pastor when I was a nobody. I pray in the name of Jesus. You know what? There are people that are higher than you in ministry of education, ministry of health, in politics. There are people who were in MPP before you went there. People that were in NDC before you went there. Stop shooting down people that are on top of you just because you want to get space on the top there. People will come around you and say, kill him and ascend. Tell them, you know what? I don't have to kill nobody in order to ascend. Watch this. If you kill people, you will only become a mortuary keeper. You will, you will only become a mortuary man. Anybody that kills, the corpse will remain in your house. You will become a mortuary man all your life. I'm praying in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. May God help you. Don't listen. Don't throw down a woman in order to take a husband. Don't throw down a man in order to take his wife. Don't throw down children in order to take their parents. Don't go to Pastor Mike and destroy patience, the secretary, because you want to become a secretary. Don't go and destroy Shelly because you want to become a, a, a secretary. I pray that you will wait upon the Lord for your time. The Bible said, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They will mount up with wings as eagles. They will run and not be weary. They shall walk and not fear. So, retaliation they've done this against me and they've done this against me and they've done this against me and they did this against me number two entitlement i saw a vision god ministered to me god showed me revelation so leave that church and come and join me you you know that church is already big we are now starting come and help us so when that church was small what happened to that church I'm praying that God will give you kingdom common sense. May you walk in wisdom and walk in grace so that no Absalom will lead you to go and join a chariot you should not join. May you have that understanding. If you are clapping, you are on the good side of the course. This month is the month of focus. This month is the month of focus. The Bible said, I have found David my servant, a man after my heart. David focused on the heart of God. He didn't focus on the throne. I believe that if King Saul had allowed David, David could have been his assistant up to the time he died. I believe David would never have taken that throne. That man was not somebody who was looking for a throne. No. 
Listen to his words. As the heart pants for the water brooks, so pants my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before him? David was looking for king. He was looking for the heart of God. He was not looking for the throne. Stop killing people to ascend. Several years ago when I was growing up as a minister, I saw that my spiritual father was a bishop. And my spiritual father was a reverend doctor. My spiritual father later on became an archbishop. I told myself all these things, I don't want them. I don't want to be in competition with my father. He's a bishop, I don't want it. He's an archbishop, I don't want it. He's a doctor, I don't want it. Let me remain my pastor Eastwood, and then he will call me Pastor Eastwood. Come and do this, and I will go. I don't want it. He himself will meet me all the time and say, Eastwood, Pastor, no, ultra pastor. No. We must make you a bishop. I'm okay like this. You can even see that my suspenders have come down for some time. You can even see that these days, Michelle jeans are not my The older you become, the more the cooler you become. The cooler. This is retirement uniform. Jubilee uniform. Come on, give a big clap offering to Jesus. So retaliation, entitlement, entitlement. Yeah, we are in this church. We've been here for five years. They've never made us deacons. Only these other people are deacons. Then you start mounting the rest of the deacons, the deacons that are in the church. That deacon did this. That pastor did this. That pastor did that. That one did that. And that's because you want to shoot somebody down in order to ascend. That is what I call killing men ascend. The third justification for murder is what I call commonality. Everybody say commonality. Everybody say commonality. Come on, shout. Now, it's an English word. Go and check it. Commonality is something that occurs common among all people. Like Elijah was a man of like passion like us. When somebody is on top of you, the biggest thing to watch is commonality. Because, you see, the person will be common like you. Two eyes. One nose. One mouth. When he sleeps, he may snore. Then the person will go to the WC. In fact, if you are sitting with him and says, in King Bang, let me, let me go to the restroom and come back. Then you start wondering. So he's going to remove something and fire some water. Or he's going to sit on the WC and release some missiles. So King Saul went into the cave to relieve himself. The man went at King Labangira. So David is there. And they are watching King Saul. And maybe they heard boom. You know when you are in the restroom, you may release a sound. So maybe they heard a sound. Boom! Especially if he was running the area in the wilderness. So they say, oh, so in a murkin bangira me. Into a nusoko toilet room. He's just like us. The man pee like us. The man goes to the restroom like us. He's like us. 
Then you are near that anointing, and sometimes the anointing makes grammatical error. Then you are ah, Can you imagine if you are walking around Prophet Ajimai and you are you are working with him, and then Prophet Ajimai says, um, "Now, sir, lady, cry your friend is saying, and um, this gentleman, what is the name of the gentleman?" Then something will not tell you that. Ah, but when he's standing in public, he mentions people's names. Why didn't the Holy Ghost show him the name of this man or this woman? And he, he's now asking for somebody to tell him. The commonality between you and an anointed person can become a temptation for you to shoot them down. Because you will look at them and they are just like you. They are just like you. So you may be walking around Abraham and King Abimelech will ask Abraham, who is this woman? And he says, my sister. And you are Lord. And he says, yeah. I say, Father Abraham, when I in a career. So Abraham, you can lie. Maybe those commonalities. And he's walking around the man for many years. And the man can get a child. So he's looking at Abraham. Father of many nations. You can't produce even one child. And he is, he is busy producing a lot. His name is Lot, so he was producing a lot of children. Listen to me. Your greatest temptation in this world is coming close to an anointing. You will see things. You will hear things that will bring the anointed person close to you very common as if it's like you but if you want you try that anointing and see try it commonality you may see him angry angry and he's angry and says hey call me that foolish man I remember one day a man of God was in a taxi no he was driving in, 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 in one of the cities in Ghana and um he came across this taxi driver, but he didn't know that the taxi driver knew that he was a man of God. So the taxi driver cro- crossed him, and the man of God said, "I don't think I will Jimmy sir." Or she also will him at him. I say, "I'm sorry." <laughs> so you are likely to say, "How can a man of God? I will never go to church again. I will never go to church again. I will never go to any of these churches. How can a man of God be insulting people in traffic? You know what, people?" Anytime you see the humanity of a man of God or an anointing, it is a temptation for you to deny the divinity behind that humanity. I pray that you will learn to understand that, you, you know what, every man of God is common like you. They wear shoes like you. Some of the, your shoe size is bigger than theirs. Some of them you are taller than them. Some of them they can eat a lot. Others don't eat at all. Some of them, you see them, they look frustrated. They don't smell well. And so on and so forth. It's a temptation. Sometimes they will look broke. They may even come to you for a loan. Can you imagine if a man of God comes to you for a loan? Calls you a church member and says, um, I'm very sorry, my children's school fees, I'm really struggling. Um, brother so and so, can you help me um, with um, 500 Ghana cities? I want to pay my child's school fees. Then you, the businessman, Augustine, will now tell the pastor, Pastor, see me in my office tomorrow. It's a curse. How can your pastor 
see you in your office to collect money. You should get up with that money and run to his house. Kneel down and put it at his feet and tell him, just bless me. And it is not even a loan. I am bringing this. It's an opportunity to sow into your children's life. How dare you sit in your office and call your pastor? Even if he's one of the young ministers we just ordained spiritually, he's still higher than you. You sit in the church and when a young minister, Chris Isaka, is preaching, you sit and say, I am older than him. This thing is not to be recorded according to age. It is recorded according to the anointing and grace and the power. Listen, may the humanity of somebody, the commonality of a man of God, may it not blur your vision and you cannot see the grace God has put upon his life. Come on, shout a yes and praise.